I spent the first 15 years of my life living in my sister's room. Notice I said her room. Yes, we had the twin beds, the two dressers, the little table with the lamp in between the beds. My dresser had the horse statues on it. Her dresser had the Barbie dolls on it. She was never very happy with this situation. She was quite harsh with me. She, it seems from the first day that I came home from the hospital, she was pissed off. She had her little life before me and there I was. Amy is 20, about, about two years older than me, almost two years older than me. We're very, very different. We've always been different our whole lives. I do have a younger sister, Melanie. She's about six and a half years younger than me. Melanie and I had a lot more in common. We got along easier. She's the baby. It was, she was an easy person to get along with. She wasn't judgy. She didn't hate me the way Amy did. The differences in Amy and I have just been so stark our whole lives. As children, I wanted to be outside playing with the, with the animals. If I didn't smell like a horse every day, it wasn't a good day. Amy wanted to be inside playing with her Barbies and, and raising what she called her babies, our two youngest siblings that, that mom had, Melanie, of course, being the baby. I was a tomboy. Amy was feminine. As teenagers, I fell into the party scene. Amy was um, uh, a more conservative, a straighter person than I was. Even us adults were different. I tend to be very liberal, Amy's very conservative. I was really happy after those first 15 years when she went to college, and I was able to have my room for a couple of years. So, needless to say, we didn't talk much as we were leaving home and becoming adults. We didn't have anything to talk about. So, I got information from mom about what was happening. You know, we would do the requisite birthday, Christmas sort of phone calls, but nothing else. But, you know, mom was a good conduit of information to keep everybody together in the family. <clears throat> about, um, in my early 20s, Amy was expecting her first baby. And I had known this, of course. It was um, the summer. I knew the baby was coming in a couple of weeks. I didn't really know when. Amy and I didn't talk. Mom hadn't brought it up in the last 10 minutes, her first grandchild. <laughs> and, and one night, I remember I had a dream about Amy. And it was unusual because I had never dreamed about Amy in my life. And since that dream, I never have dreamed about Amy since that I recall. But in this dream, it was, it was interesting because A, it was about Amy, of course. But B, um, we were all at mom's house and Amy was delivering her baby. And we're all standing around, and she delivered a baby boy. And they handed the baby to Amy. And when they handed her the baby, she closed her eyes and she turned her head. And I thought, well, that was a little bit odd. Well, that morning I get up, I call Mom. I'm like, Mom, Mom, Amy had her baby. It's a boy. Oh, Mom poo-pooed me. No, we would have heard by now. It's not due yet. We'll know when Amy has her baby. Later on that day, Mom calls. She's crying. She said, Amy lost the baby in delivery today. It was a boy. She swore me to secrecy. She said, you may never tell Amy about this dream. About a year later, circumstances allowed me to tell Amy about the dream. And, and so I did. And I told Amy, in the dream, when they handed you the baby, you closed your eyes and you turned your head. 
And Amy said, when they told me that my baby had died, I closed my eyes and turned my head. And I thought, well, this is kind of weird. Maybe there's some connection with my sister that I had never realized was there before. But because we didn't like each other, time went on. We didn't talk. Mom would, you know, keep me informed and keep Amy informed. And, um, you know, I remember one Christmas a few years ago, I was, I was wanting to talk to Mom, you know, a few days before Christmas. And Mom had been on my ass about, when are you going to call your sister? And I was getting kind of tired of that. So finally one day I called Amy. She said, why are you calling? And I said, because I need to talk to Mom and I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> so now I can tell Mom that I've called you, right? And, and I love you, bye. Right? <laughs> so I called Mom and yes, Mom, I've talked to Amy. Don't worry, things are fine. <laughs> About 14 years ago, Amy's husband was dying. And we had spent this time not being friendly, not getting along, but I knew her husband was dying, obviously, because, you know, mom was keeping everybody informed. And one day out of the blue, Amy calls me, and she says, um, I need you to get over it. She said, I'm tired of this fight. I'm tired of you being pissed off at me. Get over it. And I said, Amy, your husband's dying. This isn't the time. And she said, life is short, get over it. This fight is done. I thought that was an interesting phone call. Of course, her <laughs> husband did die. I felt pretty badly for Amy, even though we weren't close, didn't even really like each other. She was my sister, and I knew she was suffering, and I, and I, and I felt, felt pretty badly about that. A couple of years ago, we had to go east to bury mom, and the day after the ceremony, the three sisters, Melanie, of course, the youngest, and Amy and I, decided to go spend the day together. Now keep in mind, we are approaching 50 or well into our 50s at this point. We had never spent a day together. The three sisters took off. We went to Long Island Sound. We walked along the shore there. We told stories. We laughed. We shared memories. It was so much fun. Who knew that the three of us could actually go spend a day together and like each other? It was pretty, pretty amazing. As it turns out, I was grateful for that experience because this last Labor Day weekend was going to be the two-year anniversary of my husband's death. This date was falling on a long weekend, and I was feeling kind of agitated about it. For some reason, I gave that date a lot of power a few weeks in advance. I was still in grief counseling. My counselor was watching this agitation build. And he said, you know, you need to find something to do for these three days. You don't need to be alone for three days. So one night, Amy had called. She checked in periodically because she had been widowed and was seeing how my journey was going. And I mentioned to her what my counselor has said. Amy lives in California. Melanie lives in New Mexico. Well, the next day, Amy calls back and she says, I'm coming up. I got a ticket. And oh, by the way, I talked to Melanie. She's coming too. Can you imagine these two women, my sisters, the girls, with a couple weeks notice canceling their holiday plans, paying probably exorbitant airfare, to come and be with me. I 
told anybody who would listen for the next two weeks, my sisters are coming. I, was, I felt so bathed in love that these two women were doing this for me. Well, they came late Thursday night. I picked them up at the airport, took them home. Friday we went, walked along the coast, had a beach day. This Melanie taking her iPhone, handing it to anybody who she could take pictures of us. So we have great three sister pictures of the coast. We had lunch, we laughed, we talked, we told stories. That night at dinner, we told stories, we drank more wine. I learned some things about the girls, kind of unusual. I, I learned that one of them likes to dress up and do role playing on dates. That was a little bit unsettling. <laughs> shaving stories. There's things about these girls I don't even want to consider. <laughs> the next day we went into Portland. We went to Saturday Market. The sisters definitely helped the local economy. <coughs> we walked along the waterfront. Melanie stopping everybody she could with her phone, getting pictures. We've got great three sister pictures with the bridges. That night again, more wine, more stories, more laughter. And the next day I took them to the airport. And when I hugged them goodbye, I meant it. It was so nice to embrace my sisters. But really, it was about three months before this Labor Day weekend when I learned something about Amy that I had never known. You see, we had all gone to Cancun last June it was my father's 85th birthday, and we had all decided to go down and honor this event. One night we were at dinner, and I don't remember what was going on, but a story came up, and I learned about a lie that Amy had said, about something that had happened 40 years earlier. You see, I had been a troubled teenager, and shortly before I turned 15, I learned that I was pregnant. Well, this was not something I could share with mom and dad, clearly. But I did swear Amy to secrecy. Because I had gotten myself into this predicament, and I wasn't going to tell mom and dad, I figured I needed to come up with a solution. So one day I'm on the phone. I'm talking to somebody. I heard there was some pills you could take. The pills would either kill the fetus or kill me. It didn't really matter at this point, right? Because mom and dad wouldn't know. That's all that mattered. A couple of days later, Amy comes up to me and she says, they know. They were listening in on the phone. They know. Well, as I was headed out the back door, my dad was waiting. He told me that he knew. We had a brief conversation. That year, abortions had just become legalized in New York City. My father made the appointment, took a day off of work. Mom went with him, and the two of them drove me into the city for the day where I had the abortion. It was about a two-hour drive each way into the city. It was the quietest drive I ever had with my parents. It was very unsettling that they wouldn't talk about it. It was, it was pretty harsh. They never did talk about it after that. So we're in Cancun. Somehow this story comes up. And I'm telling my memory of the story. And Amy looks at me and she said, what? And I said, well, yeah, you said they were listening on, on the phone. And Amy said, I told them. I said, what? And she said, well, I told them. And I said, but you swore you wouldn't. 
she started to laugh. Amy has the most obnoxious cackle when she laughs. And she was cackling and laughing, and she was so delighted that I had believed this story for 40 years. I said, Amy, this has been my history for 40 years. And she said, oh well. <laughs> so, in looking at that Labor Day weekend and, and the gift that Amy initiated and my sisters gave me then, it's occurred to me that it wasn't that, but it seems since we've both gotten older, we're both widowed, we both don't have a mom anymore, we've grown closer and I'm finally seeing that. And I've learned that, you know what? Amy had my back all along. Who knew? <laughs>